0: From the twisted realm of science and the darkest pits of reason comes chilling tales of godlessness. Bear witness to the unfathomable terror that is the good. (laughs) Welcome to the GoodAtheist.net podcast. My name is Jacob Forte. And I'm Ryan Harkness. Now, uh, a little bit of a, uh, I guess I could say apology for the show being slightly late. I actually intended to record this show on a Wednesday night, but as luck would have it, I actually did not keep good track of days. I thought that today was a Thursday. That's how fucked up I am right now.
1: Well, it is in fact Friday.
0: It is Friday, and and, and you know what? Here's the thing. The new job that I'm working... Uh, you know, it was kind of, it was a bad start to the day where I had all this bullshit work that, you know, you leave for a while and you're just like, I have to take care of it. And you're just like, this is horrible. This is going to be just a bad Thursday. And, uh, and the guy who delivers packages because I manage a warehouse now. A guy delivers packages in a cheery mood, and he's like, hey, how's it going? And I'm like, you know, just trying to survive.
1: Thursday blues. Thursday blues. And he's
0: like, well, I feel great. It's a Friday. And I was like, what the fuck are you talking about, fool? This is a Thursday. I'm aware of how Thursday it is because I feel miserable. (laughs) And then I was informed that it is indeed Friday. So I felt kind of weird about that because, number one, I was like, shit, I really should have done the show last night, which was sort of like, Thursday was my limit day, you know? Like, don't make it past Thursday night. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, I sort of, like, leaped over that deadline for myself, so I felt guilty. And I prostrated myself, I swear, with, uh, you know, a bad lunch. That's what I did. I I ate a bad lunch just to forsake myself.
1: Just to flagellate your stomach?
0: Exactly. Be like, take that, Jacob. You didn't deliver on on, on the time you had preset in your own mind. I don't know. I...
1: Look, try, I'm trying to remember back to, to how consistent we we used to be, and I think it was always pretty bullshit. So. It wasn't
0: that bad. Well, it's not it wasn't bad like What's, the regular show on a Friday.
1: That's like the end of the week. So long as people are getting two shows a week, I think they're generally pretty happy. That's
0: what they're going to get. But it's unfortunately on our wacky schedule now hmm. due to uh, due to large work conflict. <laughs> okay, on the show today, we're going to be talking about well, there's going to be a variety of topics. Uh, Some news, some just things that I've been reading and wanted to talk about. But there are two pieces of news that I just want to mention. We will come back to them every once in a while. But in our usual style, it'll just flow. It'll flow.
1: We'll just talk about stuff. We're just going
0: to talk about stuff. The first thing I want to talk about, because it's hilarious, is uh, a a Conservopedia article I read about Pat Tillman. Uh, So we'll talk about that. And the other thing we wanted to talk about is a bed and breakfast in Vancouver that uh, is in a lot of trouble for refusing to uh, service a homosexual couple.
1: And we don't mean service in that way, you dirty people. We just mean let them sleep in their bed and breakfast.
0: Let them sleep there. That's a service. No, you filthy humans thinking dirty thoughts. No, but uh, first, let's talk about Pat Tillman, because... It's still fresh in my mind from reading in the Conservapedia article.
1: Now, before you go on, let's just clear up who Pat Tillman is to anybody that doesn't give a damn about football, a.k.a. me and many other people.
0: Okay, so Pat Tillman is, uh, during, I guess, the first little while the Iraq War, he's a a NFL uh, prospect who decides to quit or not pursue his career because he wants to join the military. And he dies in Iraq. And he dies in a friendly fire incident. But the government, wanting to kind of, you know, uh, what's I'm looking for? Kind of skew the, the, the attitude of the war, decided that they wanted to make him a bit of a war hero. You know, right? Because he's like, he gave up his career for his country, and there's love for it. Mm. And uh, un- unfortunately, they didn't count on two things. Number one, Pat Tillman's mother, who demands, even to this day, that like, everything be released, uh, the details, which they still refuse to, about his death. And number two of trying to sort of like put him as this patriot who really believed in the war And you know or even who was religious When in fact Pat Tillman was a pretty hardcore atheist And very against the war and very against Bush So now you have the context from which to understand the Conservapedia article Mm -hmm. (laughs) Which is what we're going to talk about now
1: I I love Conservapedia I, I, I really haven't spent enough time on there and I feel I, I, it's a, it's a easy source for information. Oh God, I want to find out what they ta- say about atheists now because what they wrote about Tillman is just
0: awesome. I read their original piece on atheism per se, and uh, th- there's nothing really memorable that comes to mind other than the fact that just people blowing smoke out of their asses. I mean, it's it's along the same lines of what you were reading in the Tillman article. Where the funniest thing is that they're basically they're, they're trying to argue in that in the Pat Tillman article that Pat Tillman is not an atheist. And and before we talk about that, it actually made me think about one thing that uh, you know even religious people really don't understand, and they don't understand that we don't like uh, religion. Well, one of the reasons that we don't like it is that they try to tell others. How, they're, how they ought to be. So they can, you know, somebody's saying, well, how can you possibly be good because you don't have God? And I'm like, why are you even asking that question? It is literally the most insulting thing to fucking say to anybody, regardless of what they believe in, but for them to be so confused, so confounded by the idea that an atheist could actually be a good person, which is wh- how, why they argue, the, the author of the article argues that he can't be an atheist, Specifically because he was a good person. (laughs) I'm saying, like, well, he was, uh, you know, self sacrificing and, uh, you know, he cared about other people. Show me one atheist who was like that. I'm like, what? Are you serious? You want me to just show you one? That should be fairly
1: easy. His name is Pat Tillman. (laughs) (laughs) And you were saying he is not an atheist.
0: It's pretty easy when every time I show you an atheist, you're like, well, clearly they can't be an atheist. Uh, They're good people. Obviously, they believe in God. They just don't know it yet. like, <laughs> seriously? What a... What an insult. Like, insult. They can't even understand. I think that's the funny thing, too. Like, why we would just detest being hated for really no reason.
1: For well, no reason. Well, yeah, it's the double slap of religion. The first one is you're going to hell, which is my personal favorite. Because I don't really give a shit what religious people think about me. I'm a... I, I'm over that, but it it does generally annoy me just the concept that in their religious worldview, people like me go to hell. And that really bugs me, especially when they try and be all lovey-dovey about their beliefs.
0: Well, you know, it's funny in the early days of Christianity, um, there was a, a big part of the reward of heaven was also saying that they would, you know, the joy of watching the torment of the damned. Like, that was part of it. You were like, you're going to fucking love this, man. It's, it's like front row center to watch these motherfuckers
1: get grilled. When was it? Was it like the Middle Ages or something?
0: Well, I, 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 it's only recently that this... You know, I think it actually was... Um, which Council of Nicaea? Anyways, they they decided to kind of abandon that idea a little while ago. bit
1: too sadistic.
0: You know, I think it's actually more to the fact that they didn't... Some of the things that they were saying were uh, you know, abominations. I think just like today, not everyone would delight in watching their loved ones suffer just because they didn't actually believe in God. And plus, there's the added part that says that anyone who didn't know Jesus, anyone who didn't know Christ is most likely in hell, regardless of who they were. Except for sometimes they had this special place, this special land that they created, which is kind of like a limbo zone, where they put people that contributed to Christianity, even though they weren't yet Christians, because
1: Christ wasn't around. Is this where those dead babies go as well, or something like uh, that? Dead
0: babies go, unbaptized dead babies go to limbo, yeah. That, it, was, it was specifically, limbo was specifically invented for the same reason why they actually kind of... Uh, got rid of limbo is that they they invented limbo because they wanted to kind of remember what i was saying that you want to encourage people to essentially come to you and get your services yeah okay well this is kind of like the incentive to do that there's definitely an incentive and they had to deal with what happens to an innocent life that still dies before it receives that you know baptism and they're like well if we say that it goes to hell we're There's no way people are going to... accept it. It's too harsh. Too much of a downside. It's too much of a downside. And and to show how much of a pussy we're in today's society, they've eliminated it completely. Limbo. They're like, it doesn't even exist because people were upset that their babies would be stuck in limbo. (laughs) They're like, I don't get to see my baby in heaven. So finally they're like, okay, we'll just get rid of it all together. But the first concession, the reason why limbo exists is because of the bummer of hell. And, And again, what I was saying before, that you will, you know... Rejoice in the torment of the damned. If that is true, then you need limbo. Otherwise, you're just like, well, what about the people that I care about? Specifically, dead babies that weren't fucking baptized. Anyways, so uh, that's I, I went on a tangent there. So that's let's okay. go back to let's go back to Pat Tillman. Yeah, uh, for five seconds. I want to talk about also a, a, a couple quotes. I just want to read them out loud because you can't appreciate them unless you actually hear spoken word. All right, here's the here's my favorite uh, quote everybody that paid Pat homage spoke of an incredible man, his courage, his bravery. Pat's brother in law would say, Take great notice of his daily pursuit to become a better person, but more importantly, his utter pride, devotion, and love for Mary, his family, and his friends. Show me another atheist with the same convictions. Smith would write, but it was his character and his convictions that added countless inches to, an un- to his unassuming sa- uh, stature. Atheism has but one conviction, the daily fight to remove God from their own lives and other lives. That is not the Pat Tillman America produced. He is a hero, not a left-wing zero.
1: <laughs> I also like how they... Because uh, the reason we know... Well, one of the reasons we know that Pat Tillman was an atheist is because in his uh, he he kept a journal. And in his journal he talks about his atheism... Uh, and it's in there at an earlier age. So these guys assume, they say, okay, well, he wrote that he was an atheist in very plain language at 16, but he's obviously too young. And then he went to jail for assault at 17, and then he got much better. He must have been changed by religion. It must have been God. (laughs) He must have found God once he became an amazing football player. (laughs) Because we all know football players are amazing people.
0: Uh, Amazing people who God has blessed. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, they play football. They're in America. Clearly, God has blessed. They, they don't
1: just play football; they play it well.
0: They play like gods. <laughs> Therefore, they must be imbued with hey, that spirit of God. Let's
1: not get crazy. They just owe everything to Jesus.
0: Right. He is the He is the person you have to thank first for everything. Apparently, mm-hmm. you know, because he made all things possible. I'm, I'm pretty sure I made this meal. No invisible ghost helped. Why the fuck am I thanking you? Why? 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 Okay, let's move beyond the Pat Tillman thing because I think we're going to talk that one to death. What is the headline other than "Conservapedia is insane"? Here's the Pat Tillman article. Enjoy.
1: Yeah, it's almost better than the Encyclopedia Dramatica, which is another Wikipedia. If you've never heard of it, Google it. It's also quite I like
0: amazing. UnWikipedia, <laughs> the false encyclopedia. You mm-hmm. know, I, I love faux articles. <laughs> quite clearly, you know, just any anything that's misinformation and proud of it, kind of like mm-hmm. The Onion.
1: I uh I love. Well, Encyclopedia Dramatica is interesting because it is a uh, it's the website. You heard about Australia and their great firewall, right? Where they were saying that, well,
0: oh, I heard about it, but you know what the truth is, I don't know a lot about it.
1: Yeah, no. It, it it's getting batted around. It's it's one of those things. It's kind of like the three strikes thing going on in France. Where actually I think that one passed, but I don't know how they're they're using it right now. It's so it's all very shady and weird, but one of the controversies was that they were going to put Encyclopedia uh, uh, Dramatica on the list of child porn sites, not because it had child pornography on it, but because of an offensive article about Aborigines, which was apparently too racist. Uh, for
0: Australia?
1: For Australia. And, and I will but agree. Doesn't, that, that, that doesn't make any sense. Encyclope- that I love. Encyclopedia Dramatica is the most offensive. It's run by 4chan, and 4chan are the people, they, they started that whole uh, what's uh, an- anonymous? Well, they started anonymous. Anonymous came from 4chan.
0: The the, what you, what is anonymous, anonymous,
1: the group that hates uh, that hates the Scientologists.
0: Oh, I did. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, right, there you
1: right. go. Click. Watch Jesus. <laughs> no, saying. I'm not saying bad. I'm just saying I yeah, visibly yeah, yeah. watched it. Click in your head. Oh, did you? Now you know. You enjoy anonymous. that.
0: <laughs> Where I went, ding. Moment of insight. Yes. Okay. Now so, you know what I look like with my moments of insights. But Am yeah, I they, sexy.
1: They did that. They they've done everything else. But yeah, they're they're pretty vile. And Encyclopedia Dramatica is pleasantly vile. So check it out. <laughs>
0: Okay, the next thing I want to talk about, well, you wrote about this, so uh, you can help introduce the uh, the topic. Uh, uh, so, take it away, Ryan.
1: Okay, well, I wrote a post about Ayaan Hershey-Ali. She's the chick that wrote Infidel, uh, which is uh, basically a book about how she was raised in Somalia as a Muslim and uh, how they, you know, cut up her vagina.
0: Oh, that was like the hardest thing to read, I swear to you. Never in my life do I ever want to read that 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 chapter again. It's just painful.
1: And painful. Uh, you know, treated her like a piece of shit because obviously she's a wom- uh, Muslim woman in a Muslim country. Right. And uh she escaped uh to uh to Holland uh, at, an, at a at a later age so she could escape a uh a, a, an arranged marriage. Well, it's funny because she when she escaped there she had to
0: lie on her uh reasons for becoming, uh, for, 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 trying to seek asylum. Yep. And she always felt really guilty about that. And in fact, it's what eventually got her kicked out of, uh, the Dutch, uh, Senate. Not government. only that
1: it brought down the government at the time, it brought down that political party because whole. of
0: the, because of the way they handled it. I mean, yep. everybody was like, you can't do this. And just like, we just did. And, uh, you know, the, 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 person responsible lost their job. Yeah. Like, congratulations.
1: Yeah, so, but uh, she wrote another book called Exodus, which is all about uh, her, because she got, basically, uh, she's no longer all that welcome in, in Holland, and Europe in general is is getting a little bit weird, so she's leaving there, I mean, this chick here, she is on the front line of, of, uh, of, of, of like, there are people with fatwas out on her, her friend, uh, the guy who made that, uh, a movie about uh, homosexuality in Islam, yeah, Van Gogh. He was murdered, and the note that was pinned to his corpse was basically really nice. all about I and Hershey Alley and how they were going to get her next. So, this is a chick that is in the thick of it. Oh, yeah.
0: Well, I was, it, again, in the book, she talks about uh, uh, some of the insane security measures they had to take sometimes. And I mean, she, she got too hot for Holland. So yeah. off to America with you.
1: Yeah. So anyway, she wrote a new book called Exodus, and she's doing she's doing the rounds. Yeah, we, the I, we we saw her on I saw her on real time with Bill Maher. You you saw her on Colbert Report. That's
0: right.
1: And you heard her talk, kind of uh, basically give the opinion that uh, the problem with Islam is that it doesn't have enough religious competition, and that if you want to figure out a way to defeat Islam, you have to give them more moderate religious ideas because there are just there's just her opinion is there's just a certain number, a percentage of people who will never give up the concept of God, that is core to their beliefs. And in order to keep, and you're not going to turn them into atheists. You're not going to beat the get the religious out of them. So her, her, what she's saying is that getting them to to subscribe to a less violent and crazy or religion at least is one the that answer. has
0: went through those birth pangs and emerged uh, sort of like with more liberal values because. I can understand why she would probably say, uh, you know, uh, Christianity. You, you know, she she appeals to Christianity, saying, "Well, you're more liberal now, and 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 spread yourself there." And and, and I think the reason for that is because of her own experiences in Kenya, uh,
1: where she saw the Kenya the, or was it Somalia or uh, no, it was Kenya because they're oh, Christians there are. in okay. Kenya mm-hmm.
0: and uh, she had, uh, you know, over there the Christians were a lot more liberal. They let girls do. Things, more... Stuff. Stuff! They got to do things and stuff.
1: And With, without without getting acid thrown in their face. Right.
0: Wow. So I, I definitely think that, from her perspective, it would definitely make sense. But at the same time, I'm like, I don't know if you're seeing the kind of Christianity that's in other parts of Africa as well that are very, very frightening. Because, you know, they combine weird tribalism, uh, you know, traditions with modern-day Christianity, and it's a, the result is toxic. I mean, it's just like in Uganda. They kill the gays, Bill. they are Christians over there. They, yep. they definitely want to kill homosexuals. Now, whether or not that's an improvement over Islam definitely tells you there's something really fucked up about Islam, but I'm like, can we not proceed with maybe something a, even a little better than Christianity? Mm-hmm. Let's be imaginative here. What kind of a bullshit... Uh, you know, if they need a god, what can we give them? what What kind of religion can we just give them so they won't even harm anybody else? What's the perfect one?
1: Well, she was she was uh, what she loved about Christianity wasn't organized religion or even like the hardcore evangelical uh, form of, of Christianity. She was just talking about how a lot of quote-unquote Christians, just kind of follow their own thing. They don't really believe in hell. They they make it up as they go along. They don't follow any church. They just have this general concept of God as a lovey dubby type person. And she really focused on, on the idea of it's all about your personal relationship with God and how you perceive it. And, and she said that most Christians, and, and I don't know if I agree with this or not, but I kind of side on it because I recognize that most Christians— uh, a lot of core, at least a lot of Christians, don't go to church, don't read the Bible, don't know much about it, and they just they just have this idea of God as a guy in a white robe with a white beard who's okay about shit, and his son Jesus, that hippie, really made everything all cool. So a everything socialist hippie, everything's all good, and, and that's their view of religion, and that's really as far as it goes for them. They don't think about it that much. And she said, "That's that's great. How about everybody get as bad at practicing religion as Christianity?" Uh, the, as Christians do, and then we could all move forward.
0: Well, it's funny because I was... Uh, somebody at work was telling me that he believed... In, he, he's a Druze, which I did not know what it was until a couple days ago. I'm still starting to kind of wrap my head around it. And Druze is like an offshoot of Islam that uh, does not believe that Muhammad was a prophet at all. Which I know at first year was like, what? But it's, it's kind of a, a much purer form... Uh, of belief than than even Islam because the one thing that I've been thinking about while I've been I've been watching a lot of documentaries on the history of Islam and so on and so forth and comparing Islam to Christianity, I find that Christianity has a lot of the trappings and the markings uh, that you would expect from you know a, a polytheistic Rome. You know the, the the way they revere objects like the faint the fingers and and toes of dead saints or look, it's Saint John the Baptist's head the, severed fucking head supposedly his head somewhere in the vatican uh, oh, the the heart of that guy there the saint joseph in montreal like that they have encased mummified and not just that i mean like, they're patron saints for everything how many saints really are and they're deified they're beautified
1: did they take a chunk out of mother Teresa when she died and kept it in a jar i bet you they did i don't know man probably there's probably something it's probably pretty sick shit
0: anyways yeah. so i look at that and you know to some degree um I view kind of Islam as as more of a uh, it's more of an intellectual retreat from those things because you know they have a strong like there was a a tradition of polytheism in the Middle East as well but I think that uh, Islam did a much better job at getting rid of all of those pagan traditions that Christianity just you know absorbed really is what they did, mm-hmm. while Islam sort of like, no, we're going to reject everything. And to, and to some degree, if I was, say, a person who was seeking God, uh, I could see that a person would be more attracted to Islam just because of a, a far more pure form of worship for them. It's like, you're not having to worry about who is Jesus, who is God, this weird trinity fucking shit. They're just like, there's one God, and even the fucking prophet that they have is never really deified, you know? That's why he's, there's no halos around him, or so on and so forth. They're just like, well, he was a guy. But, you know, like any other guy who even doesn't become himself deified he does become deified yeah. from the consequence of who he is like say the buddha and shit like that you're like oh he was such an amazing man he's practically a god and that's all you fucking need but the what's interesting about the Druze for me is that they're you know they go even further than that and they t- they seem to take a very personal attitude about god kind of like the same way that uh, protestants in america took more of an individual attitude and I think that, uh, you know, uh, and to go on another tangent, I think that when we, when, uh, uh, when we talk about Christianity today of being more nebulous, like, you know, it doesn't necessarily follow rules. Everybody kind of takes their own attitude towards it. I think that's actually the influence of uh, American individualism on religion rather than the other way around. Like, yeah. how much did American values influence the way that Christianity is even felt in most Americans, because for, ignore even the liberalism of religion, just more of this sort of like interpretation of I am an individual, I fucking decide for myself what's going on. And there's that strong element that's not present in other countries where the the, the, the church was also the state, you know, the Church of England. You're not going to go around deciding setting on a whole bunch of other, uh, you know, wacky uh, theological ideas. Mm-hmm. There's a fucking no, there's a structure there. But in America, you know, where there was no structure, where there was the the fight for separation of church and state had more to do with other religions not wanting other religions to get preferential treatment. And that just creates like, you know, high, you know tens of thousands of different sects and, and attitudes. And I think that overall that has influenced the degree of pull, of organization that the religion can have. And that, you know, then that's the influence I see of liberalism. Fortunately, we're seeing kind of a pushback from that, you know, with evangelicals. And all well,
1: like. I think it's it's kind of interesting. To a degree, You om, it almost seems as if Christians as a whole, like before, it was a big deal as to whether or not you were an Episcopal or a Presbyterian or a Unitarian, Catholic or you're, yeah, Exactly. Whatever. Now... Now, media. in the face of a of a of a global religion like Islam, it seems like Christians are starting to get more unified, and they're at least codifying a lot of their morals that they're trying to push on a on a national scale. But I mean, even then, you're going you're going to have, which is why it's so scary that they're that they're trying to get themselves when they they're they're chipping away at that separation of church and state.
0: Yeah, well, exactly. They feel. Uh, you know the new the new mentality now, the new a- a- ecumenism is just basically well, as long as you believe in jesus it 's all good, and I mean part of that might be also us where they they fight are growing uh, absolutely, you know, absolutely. atheism, and, and they feel just like any time that there's a reactionary uh, thing. They're, they're going to forget all the parts that divide them and, and, and essentially unite. So <laughs> the consequences of you being honest and truthful about your lack of belief has consequences too. And that's why I think that people who are just fence-sitters... You're like you're you're absolving yourself of the of the real responsibility of what even unbelief or skeptical attitudes about belief, uh, and how they play out in society. And if you think you can divorce yourself from that, I I really think that that's uh, bullshit. You cannot. Well,
1: you, this this is not the. First rise of of hard atheism in America. It's happened in the it happened in the twenties. It happens in the six. It happened in the sixties, and we lost both times. We lost that battle in America. So, third time's a charm. Maybe three strikes, uh, we're out. <laughs> Who knows?
0: <laughs> three strikes and y'all well, dead Let's hope it's not that. Yeah. Okay. But, uh, the last thing I want to talk about is the bed and breakfast in uh, Vancouver, where. Um, uh, I need the details here. Was it Kelowna, BC, was it that uh, this occurred? Oh, I mean, Hippy it... BC,
1: Hippy BC. Yeah, it was in Kelowna. It was this uh, an old an old couple uh, discriminated against a, a gay couple that wanted to uh, to rent a room in a bed and breakfast. Uh, they they phoned they phoned up the bed and breakfast and and, and booked a room and then they, uh, they they got a call back saying, "Wait a second, are you are you too gay?" And they said, "Yeah." Oh well, we're, we we uh, we don't approve of that, and you're not allowed to stay here. So they they took they they filed a complaint with the Canadian Human Rights Commission, and it's it's being it's being looked into right now. Well, it's funny because the reason
0: I wanted to talk about it is is not the story itself because there is the story. That's the story.
1: But the really interesting thing is actually the comments that were generated on the site. Oh, it's 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 interesting to see how many people, even atheists, saying, "Well, maybe they should have the right to do this." We all think about that that poor vision of old people being forced to do things that make them uncomfortable in their own home. Oh, it's such a horrible thought forcing that kind of thing upon them forcing them to not be bigots. (laughs) (laughs) Well,
0: it's funny, too, because remember I was talking about American individualism? Well, Mm. I think that also another way that it permeates itself is in the attitude that a lot of the commenters had of saying, well, they're a private enterprise, and private enterprises should be able to decide who they're going to serve as customers, which brings us to kind of an interesting point, because... You know when you when you say that, like, you, you, there's there's two parts of your brain that go off. One part of that's saying, "Well, that does seem fair," because you're like, "This is a private enterprise," and if you just say, "I don't want to have," um, I don't know, as an example, I, I want you to wear a shirt when you show up at my restaurant. You know, you you can choose to discriminate against certain things. You mm-hmm. know? But on the other hand, you're just like, well, we live in a society that uh, says that you're not allowed to discriminate on particular issues. You know, you're just like, mm, race is one of those issues. You're not allowed to discriminate on race. You just can't put a whites only, <laughs> or you know, a special fountain for someone of a different uh, color. You're not allowed to do that. And, yeah,
1: even no matter what Rand Paul says. Ron Paul, I mean, no, no, Rand. His 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 son is a politician now, a oh, really? quote unquote libertarian, more more like just another uh, libertarianism, man. I know a lot of listeners are libertarians out there. I we could have a whole show talking about all of those ideas, and and you know, I think Jake has talked about we kind of consider libertarianism to be a bit of an immature philosophy at the moment. But you guys got to watch out; your shit's being taken over oh, by so by much. by racist Republican. Retards. Well, it's, it's, a, it's a word that can remove
0: the culpability of other uh, ideologies that they find themselves under. Like, don't you find it really fascinating that the right has appropriated the word Nazism, even though it's a right-leaning idea? They're like, well, of these, uh, these socialists, are social Nazis, or something like that. <laughs> they, 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 they are masters at being able to uh, remove culpability of their own ideas, transferring it onto someone, even though they are actually doing the same thing. It's like Glenn Beck ta- you know, accuses everyone of Nazism. He has Naziophobia, and yet he endorses a book that's anti-Semitic, written in like 1912 or something fucking insane. And you're just like, but wait a minute. This book, this anti-Semitic book that basically uh, is also very racist and whatever, very right-leaning fascist book, uh you are promoting this and then you're saying that anyone who wants social justice is a Nazi. You know, it's unbelievable the way that they do this. Just fucking unbelievable.
1: Anyways, uh stepping back from that, all right, from the whole yeah, libertarian
0: yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah. Um yeah, the 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 my my broader point, and this is something that I mentioned in the in in one of the comments is saying, well look. Um it's a it's a tough issue because we don't want too much government interference in how uh you know,
1: People are allowed to do things. People
0: are allowed to do things, exactly. We. we but the, the great thing, I think, about society, or even just humans in general, is that we, we can easily appreciate when to draw the line. What is, the, what is a reasonable thing to request of, say, most businesses? Like, the first thing I would think about is, well, safety standards, right? If you are a restaurant, for instance, I don't disagree that there should definitely be an oversight in terms of the... You know, the the, the, the facilities that you have. The well not just cleanliness. I mean think how many times there's a fucking building burst into flames, people weren't able to get out and everybody died. You know, like in clubs and shit like that. This stuff happens all the time because they don't have safety standards. They're a business that decides to do things the way they want to, which is cram more people in, fuck safety, because that's not very economical. Mm-hmm. It's against their interests sometimes. So, you know, we need a little bit of regulation whenever we put uh, you know, when, when they when the best interests of the business are not the most important thing in society. And because I feel to some degree that we've allowed private enterprise to have a lot of power, like a, a lot of services are distributed by private enterprise. It falls into a new category. Now they're not just providing, you know, a service like I'm selling you. Uh, you know, trinkets, like many businesses offer services that are vital, you know, like a grocery store uh, is vital. If the grocery store decided that they would not serve gays, you can't just say, well, don't give them the business. What if they're the only grocery store in town? You know, this is a vital service. And if the private sector wants to be able to have these kinds of vital services, then I think that they need to at least uphold some very basic Principles that society maintains, which is don 't discriminate based on race and sexual preference that's uh, that 's a pretty easy
1: one. Oh, you know it goes beyond that race gender i mean it goes across across the entire line what was, what was one of the one of the things one of the examples that someone was saying this is stupid is because have you ever as a man tried to sign up for a woman 's gym and been turned away? These gays, man, they're they're trying to take over the world. (laughs) I'm like, no, they just want to sleep at a bed and breakfast. I'm sorry. They just want to have the same ability to do things that you do. And I I really want to, because I don't know. This is where I kind of try to put myself in in the shoes of these people that say these things. And I try and imagine the kind of view that they have about homosexuals and, and and how they picture these people to be and I imagine they m they, they imagine it uh, they come in like uh what was what was Borat's gay character again?
0: Oh uh Bruno.
1: Yeah. They, they imagine it's something like it's like Bruno, they're gonna come in with hard hats and short shorts and it's and leave, gonna be a sex fest in there. And, and just leave like lube and fecal matter all over the sheets.
0: <laughs> well they eat the poo poo, don't you know?
1: Yes, they <laughs> eat the poo <poo-poo>. poo. <laughs>
0: I think this. Well, look. I, I mean, I don't want to go and, and tell anybody who just believes that the um, that free enterprise should be legally allowed to do whatever the hell they want to do, and then mm-hmm. the way that we punish them is through uh, the market, mm-hmm. because that, that's essentially the idea of saying, well, we will t- we will show our dissatisfaction uh, a, by our choices as consumers. But I'm saying the problem with that is that you're assuming that in society the majority of people uh, agree that such an action is wrong. But what if you were in a place where almost no one believes that that's wrong? And you're really the minority. You need to be protected. The very idea that you do not want a tyranny of the majority is because you, you accept the fact that minorities tend to get... Screwed? He's fucking subjugated! It just happens! We don't, maybe we're not even consciously aware of it. It's just like, well, the majority has decided this, follow the leader and shut the fuck up. This is just, this is our always our attitude. We are sheep. People, we have to do something to prevent our sheepish tendencies from creating vast inequities in, 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 in a person's life. And I'm like, that's what I find is the most egregious, is that we ignore those inequities and say, they'll take care of themselves. They don't tend to. But at least we can feel to some degree that today's society is at least far morally superior than what we were just even a few decades ago, you know, before the civil rights movement. And even as this rights movement, the gay rights movement even in its, you know, as its zeitgeist is trying to take over and it hasn't yet, but once we're past that hump we will have to admit to ourselves that we are morally superior than we were before and if you don't think that's true, if you really find that there's that degree of relativism where you're like well i don't maybe we are morally superior i'm like you just don't look at superiority as being just this has been chosen as being superior i'm like we have made lots of conscious and moral decisions based on the interests of other people this is a moral superior or ar- argument that that really honestly the the when when you work towards the greater good of individuals it is a morally superior position and if you disagree i would love to hear your thoughts on it
1: uh, one last question regarding this, because one thing I left out of the uh, the story was the fact that they the reason that they that they said no was obviously they uh,
0: they felt it wasn't yeah, uh, right. Or in the
1: application like to have the complaint dismissed, Les Molner said, "To allow a gay couple to share a bed in my Christian home would violate my Christian beliefs and would cause me and my wife great distress." He said that to have allowed the booking would be encouraging something I believe to be wrong according to my religious beliefs and my understanding of scriptures. So they're basically saying that, uh, that, they're, that they're free, their right to freedom of religion uh, is, uh, is, is being violated.
0: Well, what if, what if that say, at
1: the same time a person
0: was making that same argument to suggest that he should be allowed to discriminate against Jews or even hate Jews? Or black like, people. Or black people, saying this, they're, this, they're they're the sons of Ham.
1: Because this is, this is kind of the vision that I have about this story, is that, that I imagine this bed and breakfast out in the middle of the countryside. It's a dark night. There's a fucking crazy thunderstorm. Up rolls this van and out get like six or seven gigantic Negroes. <laughs> scary Negroes. And they go to this place. From the heart of America. Is, is, it, is it acceptable for, for these people to turn them away? Because, oh, I don't know about them. It's not even a discussion then. Well, it's look not at, even look at a discussion because we understand at that point. It just comes naturally to us. But but because even in discussions like this, when people talk about it, it's still not rooted enough that it's not right to discriminate against gays that, that we could still have this debate. Yeah, I'll tell the fact you what, that it is a debate is yeah, quite hilarious. Try, try talking to like a 16-year-old kid and asking him if he thinks that this is right. <laughs> Kids, the walls are coming down, man. That next generation, they all know gay people you know culture even even though you know it might not be the greatest in the homeland culture in general is is giving a pretty good uh rap for for gay people like being gay is no longer a shunnable horrible thing like it used to be no, so you could do that for
0: atheism that's that last step
1: yeah it'll take a while it'll take a while man we're buttonheads. heads it
0: will take a very long while because although you know you, you, uh, there's plenty of religious people that will just say well i don't you know, I don't have a problem with it. They've accepted that fact. There's still a lot of religious people that cannot accept the fact that anyone would choose to not believe in God. That mm. is the insurmountable idea. It's so insurmountable because if they even thought about it themselves, they'd probably stop believing. <laughs> mm. It's like they don't want to get that in their head. Oh my goodness, there are non-believers. I mean, why do you think that they tried to deny? even the existence of atheists in the Catholic Church up until the 20th century. They were like, there are no atheists. They don't exist. Such a thing is impossible. (laughs) Of course, they also had, uh, you know, the the, the Inquisition was trying to root out atheists, all the while saying that these things don't exist. These people don't exist, but we're we're trying to find them.
1: The the way the church probably worked is they just said they're just really bad sinners.
0: (laughs) Yeah, you can always go that route. Sinners,
1: blasphemers, and perverters of minds.
0: Perverters of Minds. Yeah. The perverse. Okay, you know what? I think we're going to wrap up the show. I'd like to thank everybody that is a contributing member. Trust me, these days it is very appreciated. If you love the show, you want to hear more, we're up in almost at number 60 for the bonus show, and it's and we're still pumping these out. Yes, the schedule is a little bit uh, wonky. But don't, don't, uh, don't set
1: your watch to it.
0: Yeah, please don't. But we will fulfill your podcasty needs. Uh, That is our commitment. So with that, my name is Jacob Forte. And I'm Ryan Harkness. Have a good Atheist Day, everybody.